read from Psalm 103. Psalm 103, at verse 1. The Psalm of David. Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Thus far we have been in this first verse of Psalm 103. We have looked at the direction given here uh, by David, an inspired prophet, King David, when he said, uh, bless Jehovah. And we looked at, secondly, at the content of, O my soul, and all that is within me. And this evening, it is our intention to look at the remainder of this first verse when David said, bless his holy name. Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. His holy name. We read, for example, in Psalm 33 and 21, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. And again, in 105, in verse 3, glory ye in his holy name. We are directed to glory in God's holy name. Here David directs us to bless his holy name, but we are to glory in his holy name as well. And in another Psalm 145 and verse 21, David says, My mouth shall speak the praise of Jehovah and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. We find these directions imitated in the prophecy of Ezekiel as well. In Ezekiel 36, that chapter that contains, incidentally, that wonderful and grand and glorious uh, new covenant promise. But in verses 20 and 21, we read these words, And when they came unto the nations, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. Conspicuously, God speaking here through the prophet, his prophet, Ezekiel. His people profaned his holy name. In that men said of them, these are the people of Jehovah and are gone forth out of his land. This, I'm afraid, happens today. God's people behaving in such a manner that people are saying, likely behind their backs, be well if they said it to their faces, in many cases, I'm sure. But they say things like, that guy's a Christian. Can you believe that those people are Christians when they see their behavior? That's basically what God is speaking about. And he said he has regard for his holy name, but his people had profaned it by their behavior in these nations whither they went. 
And he says, I will send. God says in Ezekiel 39, I will send a fire on Magog and on them that dwell securely in the isles. And they shall know that I am Jehovah and my holy name will I make known in the midst of my people Israel. Neither will I suffer my holy name to be profaned anymore. And the nation shall know that I am Jehovah, the Holy One of Israel. God is the Holy One. But he speaks here also of his holy name. God is jealous of his name. And he takes action when it's profaned, especially when it's profaned by his own people. He says again, Therefore thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Now will I bring back the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel. Why? I will be jealous for my holy name. He does these things, sending his people into captivity, bringing them out because of the regard that he has for his holy name. You remember how when God threatened speaking to Moses, how that he was going to stand back, I'm going to destroy this people. And Moses said, well, what will they say? What will the people around say? We could paraphrase perhaps, what will they say about your name? God is jealous for his holy name. Samuel Ailes Pierce wrote with regard to these things. You may not have heard that name before. He's just a kind of a crotchety old Baptist. You don't know any like that, do you? He said, from everlasting, the holy ones, the three in Jehovah, willed and decreed salvation for the people whom they loved with an everlasting love. This was made known in time, almost if not altogether, as soon as sin had entered into our world by the transgression of the first man. In the fullness of time, the Redeemer was sent by the Father and the Spirit. This was the fruit of God's holy covenant, which was founded upon the person and suretyship engagements of Christ. It was carried into execution by the incarnation, obedience, and sufferings of Emmanuel. It was ratified and sealed by his sacrifice and blood. Sealed by his blood. And it is unalterable. It is the same forevermore. Jehovah hath commanded his covenant forever and ever. He has set his own name to it. His name is holy and reverend which is good ground for faith. His holiness and his greatness are engaged to make good and continue the redemption of Christ unto his people in every period of time and throughout all generations. End of quote. God has set his own name to it. Christ has set his name to it. It's been ratified in his blood. In our day and age, sadly, I think, we don't have too much of a recognition and concern for for what our names mean when we sign a document, when we attest to something. 
It's not thought of so much anymore how important our names are. They should be important to us. We should have a concern, especially as God's people, like we've already alluded to, what our neighbors, what people in the community think of us, knowing that we are Christians, knowing that we belong to Jesus Christ, we should be concerned what people think of us, and we should be careful about what we put our names to. But here what we just read was from Pierce that this covenant, God set his own name to it. He is holy and reverent. Holy and reverent is his name, one of the Psalms, 111, I believe, states. And it's another sad thing with regard to, to that, his name. One of his names is reverent. And how that name has been abused in so many churches in our, in our country. How many people that scarcely deserve the name of Christian are going around with the name of reverend, so-and-so. But God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Jehovah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. You recall that from Exodus 3, when God determined to send Moses, and Moses is asking him, when they ask, who sent you? What do I say unto them? And, and God told Moses, here's what you say unto them. I am that I am has sent you. And that, the Hebrew for that, I am that I am, it could be I will be what I will be. There's a few variations, but it all amounts to the same thing. He is that which he is, and he is that which he says he is. I am that I am. He has set his own name to it. The signing of a contract or a covenant in this in this case, his name means something. He's jealous of it. We need to remember that. And of its use or its misuse. He's concerned. He cares about his name. Jesus informed his audience in John chapter 8 and verse 58. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was born, I am. in which he seems to reference Exodus 3.14. I am that I am, God says to Moses. Of course, he is the yesterday and today, yea, and forever and ever. This name, the name Eya, or Jehovah, John Gill helps us out with this, that the name Eya, or Jehovah, Moses is empowered to make use of and to declare as the name of the great God by whom he is sent. And God said, moreover, unto Moses, by way of a further explanation of the above name and of the design and the use of it, 
He says, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, for their further instruction, Moses' hearers, for their further instruction regarding this name, and for confirmation as well of the mission that Moses has been sent on by the I am that I am, and the success of it. Jehovah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. He who is Jehovah. We can imagine Moses explaining. And the covenant God of our ancestors. The ancestors of the people of Israel. This is who sent me. And of them so he is called by that name. And he said this is my name forever. I am that I am. Jehovah, the I am, in the preceding verse, or which is the same difference, the same thing as this. He, and so both of them, and including also the name of the God of Abraham and so on, pointing out that this is the God of your ancestors and I am the I am which he always was to be known by. And this is my memorial name. Unto all generations. This is the name by which he desires to be made mention of, both by himself and by others. And the name by which he would be called to remembrance. That's his memorial name. And he would be called to remembrance by his people. And as well as what he had promised unto them, because it's his covenant name, and what he's done for them. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? That's a question that came to me when I just read this early in the week and actually weeks ago. Bless his holy name. What is his name? Yes, it's holy, I understand. Bless his holy name, what is his name? That's what these people, Moses is anticipating that they shall say, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. That's what thou shalt say to the children of Israel. I am hath sent me unto you. Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Jehovah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and so on, hath sent me unto you, the God of your fathers, your ancestors. This is my name forever, my memorial name. We read about this name in Deuteronomy, of course. Hear, O Israel. Jehovah our God is one Jehovah, and thou shalt love Jehovah thy God. And as far as his holiness, the holiness of the name, in Isaiah 57, 15, it's iterated there as well. For thus saith the high and the lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, 
whose name is holy. That name, the name of God is very important. He's jealous of it. Even as the name of Jesus Christ is important. When we take the name of Christ, it means something. It means something to our Savior, and it should mean something to us to take that name. You remember in Acts 5.41, Peter and the apostles, when they were being questioned and challenged by the Jews, we read that they therefore departed from the presence of that council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And we read in Micah 5.4, and he shall stand, and this is in the context, it's the promised Messiah, promised Savior, and he shall stand and shall feed his flock, the promised shepherd, in the strength of Jehovah, in the majesty of the name of Jehovah his God. The name of Jehovah, we're told by the writer of Proverbs, is a strong tower. There's so much about the name in the scriptures We will make mention of the name of Jehovah our God. We read. And again and again, similar to this psalm, praise ye Jehovah. Praise ye Jehovah. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. Is repeated again and again. O ye servants of Jehovah, praise the name of Jehovah. It's not only praise Jehovah, but praise the name of Jehovah and to give thanks unto that name, to give thanks unto the name of Jehovah. Let them praise the name of Jehovah, the psalmist says in 148, let them praise the name of Jehovah. We should be jealous for God's name. He's jealous for it. We should be jealous for it as well. For his children, Is there not a certain jealousy that's presumed by a child for the name of his father, for the family name, and so on? God is jealous for his name. This is my name forever. This is my memorial. This is how you remember me. I am that I am. I am Jehovah. That is my name. We read in Isaiah 42, 8. And my glory will I not give to another. I am Jehovah. That is my name. Remember when David was bringing up the ark. The account that we read in 1 Chronicles of that event. In 1 Chronicles 13, 6. We read to bring up from thence the ark of God Jehovah. That sitteth above the cherry beam. That is called by the name. That ark is called by his name. I will proclaim the name of Jehovah, we read in the scriptures. Ascribe ye greatness to God, to our God. We're not to profane the name of God. We've already looked at that warning. But of course, we're familiar with the law given in Exodus 20. Thou shalt not take the name of Jehovah thy God. In vain. The best we can say about that, I believe, for ourselves is be careful how you use it. 
Don't use it in vain. How many sad cases are there of people that are deceived or deceivers that think they're Christians? They've taken the name of Jesus Christ in vain and broken this commandment. God proclaimed the name of Jehovah to Moses. And God told him, I will proclaim the name of Jehovah. How did he proclaim the name of Jehovah? How did God respond to Moses when he said, show me thy glory? God said, I will proclaim the name of Jehovah. And how did he do that? Jehovah, Jehovah, God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. He proclaimed the name Jehovah, Jehovah. I am that I am, speaks of God's immutability, he changes not. His compassions, they fail not. God is unchangeable, immutable. And it speaks also of his aseity, fancy name for absolute independence. God is not dependent upon another, not on anything nor on any other. He is totally independent. There is no other God. Holy and reverent, I repeat, is his name. We spoke about the signature on the covenant. But we read in Hebrews 6.13, he could swear by none greater than himself. He could swear by none greater than himself in making a covenant, in making promises. And of course we find other references to his name. In Judges, we hear it spoken to Manoah, I believe, wherefore askest thou after my name, seeing it is wonderful. Wonderful is his name. I am Jehovah, that is my name. Therefore, behold, he says in Jeremiah, I will cause them to know. This once will I cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is Jehovah. A man named R.B. Girdlestone wrote a book regarding names, synonyms, and so on. But he says in a chapter regarding the name Jehovah, he says, in the name Jehovah, the personality of the Supreme is distinctly expressed. It is everywhere a proper name denoting the person of God and him only. Elohim denoting usually the Supreme. And he goes on by saying the Hebrew... The Jew, the Hebrew, may say the Elohim, the true God, in opposition to all false gods, but he never says the Jehovah. For Jehovah is the name of the true God only. He says again and again, my God, or my Elohim, but never my Jehovah. For when he says my God, he means Jehovah. He speaks of the God, Elohim, of Israel, but never of the Jehovah of Israel. 
for there is no other Jehovah. He speaks of the living God, but never of the living Jehovah, for he cannot conceive of Jehovah as any other than living. End of quote. Whatever may be the opinion about Elohim, it is generally agreed, we're told, that Jehovah is not a generic or class name, but a personal or proper name. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek Jehovah. Here we see brought together the holy name and the name Jehovah in 1 Chronicles 16.10. And again, our soul hath waited for Jehovah. He is our help and our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy loving kindness, O Jehovah, be upon us according as we have hoped in thee. There's this confluence of these two streams of the name Jehovah with the expression, the reference to his holy name in so many passages. Bless his holy name. In the preface by the American Revision Committee, the preface in the uh, American Standard Bible, 1901, they make this statement, this memorial name, they tell us, explained in Exodus 3, 14 and 15, and emphasized as such over and over in the original text of the Old Testament, designates God as the personal God, as the covenant God, the God of revelation, the deliverer, the friend of his people, not merely the abstractly eternal one of many French translations, but the ever-living helper of those who are in trouble. This personal name with its wealth of sacred associations is now, speaking of the 1901 of course, is now restored to the place in the sacred text to which it has an unquestionable claim. And Jehovah answered Moses, as we've already read, Jehovah, Jehovah, when he proclaimed his name, Jehovah, Jehovah, God merciful and gracious. Proper name of the supreme God amongst the Hebrews. The later Hebrews, for some centuries before the time of Christ, were told, <clears throat> either misled by a false interpretation of certain laws or else following some old superstition regarded this name as so holy that it might not even be pronounced. But it's an old Jewish superstition. Ought we to be prohibited from pronouncing the name Jehovah Today, ought we to be concerned about superstitions? I think there are a number of superstitions in a number of churches. I remember some years back uh, hearing about some individual turning his license plate back into the DMV, this was in Michigan, because the number they had given him was 666, and he wouldn't have any part of it. Isn't that superstition?
being concerned about some blotches on somebody's forehead and thinking that that's the mark of the beast. Aren't these things superstitions? We've got enough of our own. We don't need to lay hold on old Jewish superstitions. What about Jesus as Jehovah? We read that well-known passage in Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6 where the prophet sees this beautiful vision with the cherubim crying out, holy, 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 Jehovah of hosts. But you know that when you turn to John 12, 37, I believe we should do that, that we read in John 12, 37 through 41, Speaking of this, but though he had done so many signs before them, yet they believed not on him. Speaking of Christ, of course, before an audience, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this cause they could not believe, for that Isaiah said again in chapter 6, He hath blinded their eyes, and he hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart, and should turn, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah, because he saw his glory, and he spoke of him. He saw the glory of this one, Christ. Isaiah was speaking, John says, of the Christ, and he saw his glory in that vision. And he referred to him as Jehovah of hosts, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we could also bring, bring out all the I am's with reference to Christ. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the great I am. And couple these together with his response to the soldiers. Remember when the soldiers came to arrest him in Gethsemane. He said, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. What did Christ respond? I am. And they fell backward, helpless. I am, he said. That was his response. The passage that Mark read this morning from Psalm 24. Who is this king of glory? That psalm is conspicuously and clearly about the Messiah. Who is this king of glory? Jehovah of hosts. He is the king of glory. Jesus Christ, he is the king. Jesus Christ is the king of glory. Spurgeon simply states in his comment on that verse, Jesus of Nazareth is Jehovah Sabaoth. The Lord of Sabbath, or the Lord of Sabaoth, I should say. We only read that twice in the New Testament in Romans 9.29 and in James 5.4. But we're told that this title signifies hosts or armies. Many times it's rendered the Lord of hosts Jehovah of Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. 
signifies hosts or armies standing ready in martial order, in battle array, and it comprehends all creatures in heaven and on earth which are pressed to do the will of God. Do not these remarks put it into our minds, the words of Jesus to Pilate? Can you imagine easily Jesus, Jehovah Jesus, Jehovah Sabaoth, saying to Pilate, or thinkest thou that I cannot beseech my father, and he shall send even now more than 12 legions of angels? I, even I, again, from Isaiah, am Jehovah, and besides me there is no Savior. Bless Jehovah, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Let us pray. Our Father, we do desire to bless thy holy name with all that is within us. We confess our need of thy help. How terrible that we need help to do that, which we should do so freely, but we pray that God, the indwelling Holy Spirit, would help us to live lives and to speak words, to behave in a way that would bless thy holy name. We ask through Jesus Christ, amen. Just stand for the benediction, please, from Revelation 22, verses three and four. You'll know that that's near the end of the scriptures, but we read these words. And there shall be no curse anymore. And the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be therein. And his servant shall serve him. And they shall see his face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. Amen.